0: Listening to Over the Oxer podcast with Tracy Cole for all things to do with the mind for equestrians. I'm talking today about soothing the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind is probably your biggest ally ever in life, in sports, in equestrianism, but it can also be your biggest enemy. And I think that sometimes you know, if we know a little bit about the mind, it becomes so much easier to work with it and then to get it to work for us and to get us to be in that state, in that mindset, in that frame of mind that really accelerates where we want to be as a rider. Even if your goal is pure joy in riding, or even if your goal is to move up the levels and go as high as you can through the profession of equestrianism. So what is it about this blooming unconscious mind? Well, we know that it's very primitive. We know that it's very powerful. It's about 97% of your mind at times, sometimes a little bit less. Perhaps if you're concentrating on something and, and figuring something out, Consciously, But you know, this part of the mind is programmed, that's all it is. And it's programmed with the data that we give it. And if we feel anxious in the saddle, if we have self-doubt or self-limiting beliefs, they usually crop up because of something that we've told the unconscious mind. And if you think of it, I said on the last podcast, a little bit like a database, and this massive, massive database of things that have happened to you, emotions that you felt, whether things were a success, whether things didn't quite work, masses and masses of patterns, and moment to moment, it's starting to run through the patterns and decide. Oh, you know, this is a near match. This is a little bit like that other situation. And in that situation that previously happened, I responded by doing X or feeling Y. And it just looks for that near match. And if that near match was a time when you felt more anxious, when you felt fearful, when you really, really were quite panicked or anything else that was negative, it'll conjure that up for you, even though in this particular moment, that may not be the case. It's just got the nearest match. It's a little bit like when you do a Google search for something that's a bit obscure. And when you look down the list of the hits, you can't believe it because you're thinking, this is nothing like what I wanted. (laughs) I'm getting all these really strange links and none of them are anything to do with what I'm actually searching for. And that is exactly what your unconscious mind does. Sometimes if something is very ingrained, it's simply because that pattern has been repeated over and over and over. So it's a very easy pattern for the unconscious mind. It snaps into it. So if we've been riding and having anxiety for a long time, it simply goes, oh, it's riding. Snap into the riding mode. That means anxiety. And it happens in the blink of an eye. If we're in a strange situation, let's say it's your first competition, your first anything at all, it's pattern matching. What's this like? Maybe it's the first time that you ride your new horse and the mind says, oh, right, it's a horse. I'm going to pattern match that one. Let's pattern match that horse that caused loads of problems. And suddenly you're sitting on this wonderful calm absolutely superb new horse thinking about your old horse and that's because the mind isn't infallible doesn't get it right all the time and sometimes that anxiety that it creates is simply a load of neurons firing off because it's recognized a pattern and just like a google search sometimes your search for that pattern is absolutely spot on and sometimes it's not so good. And that really helps us because when we have that moment-to-moment awareness of the horse we're really riding, journey to getting confident, to removing any kind of self-sabotage, any blocks, any negative emotions, anxiety and so on. And that's really powerful. And when we're doing that, then that's fine. And you might say, I've got full awareness. I know know when I'm anxious. I know when I'm doing it. I know it's not logical. And so the second step is almost a negotiation with that part of the mind. That part of the mind is looking for danger. It's actively looking for danger. It's the part of the mind that helps you get out of trouble. You know, it's the part of the mind that if you're driving, you can swerve quickly or you can brake quickly. So it's an excellent part of the mind. It's really fabulous, but it doesn't necessarily get things like equestrianism, it doesn't necessarily get competition. So these things are outside of its patterning. Um, So we have to place the patterns in there. And we might have already placed patterns in there, but the patterns aren't that great because, as I say, we've got this strong association between riding and some kind of fear or anxiety or self-doubt. Now, our unconscious mind is not really geared up for making change or certainly not making change easily. It's geared up for keeping us safe it's geared up for survival full stop and so because it kind of likes you to be in a real comfort zone your unconscious mind would like you to sit on the sofa and not do too much because in that way you're keeping really really safe But of course, as a human being, we don't want to do that. We want to experience things. We want to challenge ourselves. We want to learn stuff. And so when we decide we're not just going to sit on a sofa all day, every day, then this is when the unconscious mind potentially gets a little bit triggered. So we're in a comfort zone. Your unconscious mind is ever so happy. You can almost feel it smiling. And there it is, smiling away because you're doing Something very, very normal, automatic, habitual for you. So you're going to work or you're going for a walk or whatever it is. Unconscious mind. As long as that work situation and that walking is absolutely easy and absolutely safe and fine for you. Unconscious mind, yeah, really enjoying it. Now if you imagine that comfort zone as a circle around you and you just take one little step towards the edge and it goes oh hang on you're nearly at the edge you're (laughs) nearly at the edge of that comfort zone do you know and from there you've got a choice you can say okay and then I run back to safety and the unconscious mind goes oh thank you so much and it starts smiling again but for most of us and this is definitely for riders we get to the edge of that comfort zone you said but yeah That thing I want to be able to do with my horse, it's it's on the other side of this zone. And the mind goes, yeah, but this is a comfort zone and there's that demarcation, there's that boundary around it for a reason. If you step out of there, well, anything could happen. And that's true, isn't it? Anything could happen. Anything wonderful, anything fabulous, anything joyful and exciting. But your unconscious mind doesn't think like that. It says to you, if you step out of there, it's bound to be something negative. But your logical mind steps in and says, oh, but I really want to have a go and I really want to do this. So you take that step and your unconscious mind starts flapping. And it starts saying, oh, for God's sake, what are you doing in there? I'm going to have to make you really, really anxious because that's the only kind of words or the only kind of thing that you understand. If I make you anxious, you run back in. And so it does it. And for some people, you run back in, don't you? You get safe. You don't do the thing that you wanted to do. You get off the horse. You par down what you were going to do. And the unconscious mind starts smiling again. So yeah, this negotiation with the unconscious mind, doing it that way, isn't working too well. The unconscious mind probably wins most of the time. There are people who face the fear and fight the fear and all this kind of stuff. But as they're doing the activity, they're having a horrendous time and it's not pleasant. So it's They may say, yeah, but I do, I go ahead and I do do those things. Yeah, you do, but, oh, it's really uncomfortable. So we almost need to tiptoe towards the edge of the comfort zone. Maybe when your unconscious mind's just having a little snooze and, you know, you're just edging away very slowly and it's not even noticed because you're going so slowly, it's okay. And it's still smiling and still happy and you reach the boundary of your comfort zone and you think, okay, I'm just going to go half an inch outside of the boundary with one foot. So I'm half in the comfort zone, half outside. And you look at your unconscious mind and it's still smiling because it's not quite noticed what you're doing. It's still quite happy. And doing it this way means that your unconscious mind doesn't get triggered. It's a little bit like that old story of the frog in the pan. I hate this story because it really upsets me, the frog in the pan being boiled. So you put the frog into cold water in a pan, highly metaphorical because we all love frogs. And you turn the heat up and the frog doesn't notice. And the heat just kind of seeps in and gets hotter and hotter and hotter until the water boils and the frog hasn't noticed at all during any of this time. And the frog, unfortunately, is no longer a frog. Now, uh, as I say, I, I hate that metaphor, but what we're doing is this kind of stealth movement. We're being a bit of a ninja, if you like, and we're just allowing the unconscious mind to accept that we've got one toe outside of our comfort zone and it sort of is looking at us a bit like a parent would with a child and they know the child's about to do something like crane all over the skirting boards or something like that and they're just looking and you're like that child's got that crayon poised but hasn't actually done anything and isn't quite close enough to the skirting board yet And so the unconscious mind is okay. And then you keep like that for a while. You keep like that at that level. And then, gosh, who knows, you could put a whole toe, whole foot outside. Maybe you could start to inch the other foot outside of the boundary. And doing it this way is doing it totally under the radar. And this is how you start to make your comfort zone bigger and bigger. Because your unconscious mind goes, okay, I'll I'll allow you to do that little add-on because I'm not quite sure whether I should be anxious about that. Maybe it's okay. I'll allow you to do that. And so if you stay at that level, eventually the unconscious mind goes, yeah, actually, that's okay. That's all right. And then you do it again and again. And so it's this little tiptoe outside of the comfort zone and then the comfort zone catches up with you and you're within the boundary again, the new boundary, and then you do it again. And so how on earth do we do this? What are we doing in more practical terms? Well, number one, start to see these anxious thoughts or even the emotion of anxiety in your body as best guesses, just like that Google search and start to imagine that it's actually not that great. You know, maybe it's not Google that you've been using. Maybe it's Bing or, you know, one of those other search engines that's really odd. And maybe that's what you've been doing. And, and you sort of think, this is only my mind guessing. It's predicting something, but it's not very good at predicting because just thinking about it, you're only thinking about one side of things. You're thinking about the negatives. So it's a little bit like being half-blind because you're thinking about one side. You're only thinking negative. Why wouldn't you balance it up with positive? What is the likelihood of the positive? If you were to draw it as a graph, then wouldn't it be easier to have lots of positives? The second thing to do is not allow the thoughts to come into your mind automatically. So when you allow the thoughts in, let's say you're anxious, you're on your horse, you're not feeling too great. At this stage, we often allow those intrusive, unhelpful, negative thoughts in. They come in just on a wave and they come in automatically. And what we do is we start to pay attention to them And that perhaps is where we're going wrong. So we could think of those thoughts as a data stream, just, a you know, almost like Wi-Fi flying through the air. And you think about it as the thought just coming in. And again, it's come from this really bad search engine. And so we allow it out again. Or If that's difficult for you to think of it like a train, I often say to clients, think of it like a train that you don't want to get on coming into the station. You know, if a train comes into the station, it's not your train, you're standing on the platform, you just kind of stand back or you stay seated or whatever, you don't pay any attention. You might watch it come in and watch it leave, but you don't think about it because it's not your train. It's just a train of thought coming in and going out. So that may be one way of doing it. The second way is to put your own thoughts into your mind so that you're not just listening to the automatic ones. It's a little bit like when you turn your television on and it automatically comes onto the channel that somebody was watching last night. And the problem with that is that maybe the person who was watching it was watching a really rubbish channel. And, you know, you're not paying attention to what's on the television at all. You want to put your program on. And it's a little bit like that, that you want to put into your mind your own thoughts rather than have this rubbish channel spewing out at you. So, you just start to talk to yourself and you talk to yourself constantly in a positive vein and you just see how that gets rid of the negative thoughts it might diffuse the negative thoughts and we don't have that much room in our conscious logical mind to pay attention to a stream of automatic thoughts and a stream of our own words that we've purposely put inside our mind. And that's why things like singing work, because if you're thinking about the words and you're thinking about the tune, you haven't got enough bandwidth to allow those intrusive thoughts in. By practicing on a daily basis, maybe multiple times a day, this sort of thing becomes second nature, and those intrusive thoughts just aren't there. And that's incredibly powerful. Let me know how you get on. Take care and I'll see you again very soon.